Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? It is the Black and Blue Report, and this is the Wednesday edition. Hi again, everybody, and greetings from Studio B here in New Orleans. With John DeShazer, I'm Sean Kelly. The uh, podcast for the Saints and the Pelicans is fully in effect, as we used to say back in the day. Remember that? Yeah. Things were always in effect. Yeah, that that was kind of the thing then, yes. man. That yeah, that was that showed a little age right there. Yes, I just thought I'd label us just real quick. <laughs> um, welcome in. It is going to be a good day here on this Wednesday. A very busy day on campus for not only the Saints but the Pelicans as well. There's a big press conference today welcoming back uh, Monty Williams and Anthony Davis, FIBA World Cup champions, yeah. uh, and they will, I think probably will have medals in tow. I hope they do. Uh, for their big press conference today, and uh, we'll have lots of coverage about uh, on that, I should say, at pelicans.com, and I think that uh, we're going to visit in Studio B with Anthony Davis later today, and I'm anxious to share that with you on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. We will have some Pelicans flavor today because I'm pretty sure that Jimmer Fredette is going to swing by here as we uh, tape the podcast today, so we'll get our second visit with Jimmer as we get closer and closer to training camp, and then, of course, on the football side, a very busy week. It's even busier as the Saints uh, retake the practice field here on this Wednesday in now what is uh, preparation for the Minnesota Vikings at home on Sunday. With that, J.D., <laughs> we will start. The uh, Saints-Vikings game has uh, extra attention because of one Adrian Peterson here on this Wednesday morning, that's for sure. God, I don't get to talk A.D.? Okay, Peter Peterson, yes. I'll, I'll he's, he's, AD, yes. he's on the exempt list uh, now um, with commissioner's p- permission. You know, so they basically – basically he's suspended. <laughs> and uh, he can't attend any team activities, so that means he can't practice, can't be around the facility, those kinds of things. And so basically, you know, who knows how long that's going to last. It probably will last throughout the season because they want us – they said they want it to remain that way until that child abuse case is resolved one way or the other. And, you know, the judicial system is probably not going to move that fast unless they do something special for Adrian Peterson, which uh, you don't want to give anyone preferential treatment. Uh, so, yeah, he'll be suspended for this game, and that takes a lot out of what the Vikings want to do because he is the center 
and middle and end of their offense. I mean, he is he's it. He you know, they have Matt Castle at, at quarterback and Matt Castle, as everyone remembers, had a really nice season with New England a few years ago when Tom Brady blew out his knee and Matt Castle led them to an eleven and five season when off the off the bench. But he is not a you know, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you know, Andrew Luck. He's not in any of that kind of class. And uh, certainly their offensive weapons aren't in, in that kind of class. So you're talking about taking away Adrian Peterson, a guy who probably ran for about, I think, 33, 3,400 yards combined the last couple of seasons. That's a huge hit to any offense, but especially one that does not have a potent passing attack. Yep, and they got smacked by New England pretty good this past weekend when he did not play on the initial sit-down of Adrian Peterson. This is what the, the commissioner's exempt list, is that right? Yeah, they call it the commissioner's exempt list. And basically, it, it's a way for the team to suspend the guy. Michael Michael Vick was under this That's same. That's right. He was, he was under this guy. same yep. thing. So basically, it's a way for the team to, to suspend the guy. And I don't know if he's paid or not. I guess they can determine whether he is paid. But it basically allows them to suspend him and pay him but keep him away from the field because it would be such a – it was already a public relations nightmare when they reinstated him. But to have allowed him to play, I think once you get, uh, you know, the Minnesota governor involved and some senators involved and, you know, the public outcry and then you get sponsors saying this is not what we stand for with our product, all of a sudden it changes. And, you know, Minnesota, you know, the Vikings, hey, you don't want to call people out necessarily, but you hate to see teams, franchises wait until there's public pressure and political pressure to do the quote-unquote right thing. The right thing in this situation, you know, would have been to sit him indefinitely anyway and just go with it from there. But to reinstate him and say, you know, we're going to let the judicial process play out and now basically suspend him and say we're going to let the judicial process play out. What's the difference? The difference is sponsors coming Mm. coming out and the difference is the public outcry. So, you know, at least better late than never. They got around to doing the right thing about it. Big news today, obviously, um, with a huge impact on – the game on Sunday. Uh, more on the game on Sunday. You know, obviously, there's been some wringing of hands and um, interesting conversations regarding the 0-2 start for the Saints. They're coming home, I, and and really, I think that's got to be one of the storylines as we begin our week here on Wednesday, leading up to Sunday's game. That's huge, especially the way the Saints play in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Ain't no last year. And I got to check it. I'm going to do a little research because I'm going to write about it on Friday and probably won by an average of at least, you know, 17, 18 points at home last year. The danger with that is the danger with any home field advantage. You don't want to just believe the building is going to win a game for you. You actually got to go out and execute. And what's happened to the Saints? They hadn't gotten critical third down stops in either one of the first two games. And you get a third down stop against Atlanta at a critical time or if you get one against Cleveland at a critical time then you maybe win those games. Those are two wins. But if you can't get off the field on third down, I don't care if the team's one for 15 on third down before that critical drive. If you can't get off the field on that critical drive, all the rest of that stuff doesn't matter. So that's what Sean Payton's talking about when he's talking about situational football. The situation is it's third and seven. You got to get off the field. The situation is it's fourth and five. You got to get off the field. The situation is they line up for a field goal. You can't line up offsides. Those are the situations that are really, really just deep in his craw right now that he's saying, look, you got to be smarter than this. You got to execute better than this. And, you know, you, you just don't want to depend on a building. Now, it, you know, again, the, the Superdome is magic for the Saints. Always has been. 
and certainly in the Sean Payton era it has been. But you can't get so comfortable where you say, okay, it's going to happen because we're home. you got to actually get out there and do it. Yep, and uh, of course the preparations hit the practice field today. I know they've already been going over tons of film and everything else uh, with regard to putting Cleveland to bed and getting ready for Minnesota. And uh, I'd say there's a sense of urgency around the building. There's no doubt about that. You can feel it walking down the hallways, and we'll have more of that later today. I know we'll be in the locker room after practice. We'll also hear from Coach obviously after practice, and Drew Brees is always on Wednesday too. The injury uh, list to be released today I think is going to be newsworthy. And who knows what else here, John, on Wednesday? Yeah, that could be transactions. Um, you know, a lot of news comes out on Wednesday. And uh, obviously, as you mentioned, we'll be interested to see the injury list. Nothing's been released officially yet, so we will find out after practice. But, you know, certainly some interesting things. And you, you're interested to talk to the guys in the locker room to see, you know, one, I'm sure that by now they've watched that Cleveland you know, game away, but you know there got to be you know a lot of a lot of feedback about Adrian Peterson not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to talk about you know your first home game and you know being on the road for a couple of games in the NFL isn't isn't you know a lifetime away from home. You know you're gone you know Saturday and you're back home Sunday night. But there's nothing like sleeping in your own bed. There's nothing like playing in your own place. So you have that factoring in, and also these guys are going to have to address, and they have before, but they will have to address what they hope to do or plan to do to get these critical stops on third down and also some critical conversions on third down because if there's a third down conversion in Cleveland on that third down play where Drew Brees is sacked for seven yards, now all of a sudden you're taken out of field goal range. Now there's no guarantee that Shane Graham is going to make the field goal, but to take that sack on a miscommunication where, you know, a blitz pickup it didn't had, all of a sudden you don't even get the chance to take that field goal. And if you make that field goal, all of a sudden, it's a four-point game instead of a, a two-point game. And now the Browns have to score a touchdown to win the game as opposed to a field goal to win the game. And it just changes the complexion of a lot of things. I want to see all that. And I want to see over these next two weeks just a wave of takeaways. <laughs> First year against the Vikings be nice. and then the Cowboys. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, all right. So all that coverage uh, of what happens today will be found at NewOrleansSaints.com. And then uh, also, if you have not uh, seen it on your phone or your mobile device yet, uh, the Saints app has an update now. Make sure you get that done. It's a, it's a good update. It's not just some update that you're not going to notice the difference. This one will uh, be significantly different, and uh, I think will enhance that piece of your, your fandom, your, uh, your watching and your following of this football team. Hey, uh, real quick before we get to our first break, I told you we'd circle back to basketball with Anthony Davis and Coach back in the building today. Uh, and everything else. Uh, would you? What did you take away from FIBA World Cup? I know that you and I had some candid conversations about it. I thought they were pretty fair, but uh, you know, now a little removed. What do you think? Well, even now, I mean, well, initially, first, I'm not real fond nowadays of having the pros represent uh, Team USA and, and FIBA or the uh, uh, the Olympics. I, I believe that experiment yielded the result we wanted in America um, to show that you know the world domination again. And now it's just, you know, to me, just kicking around people who really aren't competing or aren't being very competitive. What I'd be interested in with AD is because now he's, you know, all of a sudden AD is this national breakout star. And people are just lauding platitudes upon platitudes on top of him. And it's like this is the AD we saw last year. Now, granted, he's going to be a newer a newer and more improved AD, but – you know, he was 20 and 10 and led the league in blocks last year. So this ain't no breakout stuff here. So I'd be interested to, to hear what he's got to say about, 
you know, people just saying he's some breakout star all of a sudden. AD was a star and a stud last year. Yeah. And for some reason, people seem to be forgetting that or neglecting it. But that I don't want to say it's ridiculous, but he didn't just all of a sudden flip overnight and become this sensation. We saw this sensation all last year. Without a doubt. <laughs> I mean, let's not forget, he was an all-star. Yeah. Yeah I, I, yeah, I know, I know. But sometimes that happens coming from a smaller market. I, I get it, I get it. Um, Jimmer Fredette from the Pelicans on the show today. Uh, that's John DeShazer, of course. We're going to talk LSU football with Victor Howell uh, from CST. He's on today's Black and Blue Report. They opened up SEC play against Mississippi State this weekend. And then uh, it is Wednesday, so Daniel Salerson will uh, – uh, match wits, team up, pick the brain of Jake Seeley from rotoexperts.com. Our fantasy football focus always comes your way on Wednesday. Help you set your rosters before we actually begin NFL games again uh, in a little over 24 hours. So, uh, very good Wednesday show for you. Tomorrow is going to be a blockbuster show. I will share that with you in our last segment today. And then uh, Friday is going to be pretty good too. So, uh, the schedule seems to be set. We'll. Uh, Get you up to speed on all that. And, of course, you can always get that schedule on uh, Twitter with the uh, Twitter handle for this show. It is at BlackBlueReports. Don't forget to follow John on Twitter, at John DeShazer, my friend. I will see you on the practice field shortly and then in the locker room and then on camera. Yes, you will. (laughs) Yes, Yes, you will. And, you know, one more thing for NFL fans to watch this weekend, I think. It'll be interesting to see what Carolina does with Greg Hardy after this Adrian Peterson uh, sit down now because I think he's scheduled to play. And, you know, I know they sat him last week and they were kind of, you know, I don't know if he's reactivated or what the situation is, but it'll be interesting to see. All right. You're right. The next, what, 48 hours will help us determine all that. Yeah, that'll probably be it. All right, let's get started and we'll take our first time out. When we come back, we'll pull Jimmer Fredette here into Studio B and talk to Jimmer for our second time. And uh, get you up to speed on where things are with the Pels two weeks out from training camp. Everything you need to know about your We're New Orleans Pelicans, Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. New Orleans Pelicans report. app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team at the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Smoothie King asks, what's your purpose? My name is Trish, and I want more balance in my life. I feel like all I do is rush from one place to the next and end up grabbing a burger along the way. And then I feel guilty, and I start thinking, I need to spend an hour on the elliptical, but I don't have time. I want to eat better. I want to feel better. That's my purpose. We can blend that. Find your balance with the new Greek yogurt smoothies naturally powered by Chobani. Find pleasure in your purpose at Smoothie King. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Still to come, Victor Howell. We're going to talk a little LSU, uh, Mississippi State, and also your fantasy football stuff here on this Wednesday. But as promised, some hoop talk here. Jimmer Fredette stops by again here on Black and Blue Report. This is your first time in Studio B, isn't it? It is. My yeah. first time. It's good. Good quarters here. That's right. We were just talking about the, <laughs> the first time you were on this show. 
I think you were in Colorado. I was in West Virginia. Daniel was here in New Orleans. It's nice <laughs> to have us all in the same room finally. Yeah, exactly. It's nice for everybody to be here. That means that uh, things are starting to get you know revved up and ready to go. And uh, you know we'll be starting here in the next couple of weeks, and I'm excited. Less than two. Less than two weeks. I know it. Um, so pickup games, player development have all been continuing. I know that. I yep. popped in earlier. I was watching you guys work out. Give me the highlights so far of the pickup games. And, and this is not the pickup game you see at the Y. Let's, let's be clear here. Right. This, is, you know, this is in the facility. This right. is with uh, NBA-level players. So yeah. there, certainly there have been some highlights. You've got to be able to share one or two. <laughs> it's been some good highlights. Uh, you know, Patrick Young is uh, a guy that's uh, a workhorse, um, and uh, he's had some, some really nice putback dunks, you know, dunking on some, some guys that are going up for rebounds, and he's just coming over the back and just he's throwing it down. I mean, he's just uh, he's a workhorse, and uh, obviously a lot of guys have made a lot of good moves. Russ Smith, with how quick he is, made some real nice moves. I think everybody's had at least a couple highlights, and, uh, you know, we've been playing well, been playing hard, uh, but uh, we've been getting to know each other as a group, and it's been a, a great couple weeks. Have you run into a Patrick Young screen yet? <laughs> I try to avoid as much as I can, uh, but uh, not not too bad yet, not too severely. So I try to feel it out and make sure that I'm trying to get around it. And I always am on my big guys to say, hey, call out the screen so that we don't get killed. <laughs> he is. Uh, wait till folks see, see Patrick. It's, he's an unbelievable looking guy he could play across yeah. the parking lot for the football team <laughs> um who, why is his name escaping me he got hurt last year who's the big center at minnesota um pekovich yes yes he's the patrick i guess makeup you know pekovich has that bone jarring almost hockey type screen to him yeah. patrick might might have that same ability yeah definitely i mean uh pekovich is a big guy yeah. and uh patrick's right up there with him and uh you know he he's obviously a strong kid he's solid he's very athletic can move well and uh obviously could be a great screener and roller for us and uh do some great things you hitting your shots you know, I've been hitting my shots pretty well. You know, I try to come in and, uh, you know, trying to get our legs back into, you know, game type of shape. Um, so, I mean, sometimes your legs are heavier than others. Um, so you just got to continue to work on that. But, you know, I feel like I'm doing pretty well, shooting the ball well, and uh, hopefully continuing to get better. I know you've probably heard this a thousand times, but your shooting motion is different. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little off to the side. Mm -hmm. um, it. I was telling Kevin Hansen earlier, one of the assistant coaches, I said, I said, you know, Jimmer's shooting motion it looks like that shooting motion that they've tried to probably fix since he was 15 years old. <laughs> Has that been the case? Has anybody tried to fix that? Nah, no, not really because it's gone in. And, and that's, that's the probably, thing. Yeah. And that's the thing. So no one's really tried to fix it. Um, if you look at the the basic mechanics, though, um, everything's still on point. You know, the elbow's still in, even though it's off to the side. It's still in, pointing towards the basket. And then the follow through is good. The rotation is good. Um, and getting your shoulder and making sure your shoulder is pointing towards that basket. I think that's an important thing that people don't realize. Um, so everything, it, it's off to the side a little bit. It's just the way that I felt comfortable um, growing up. And I always tell guys, you know. It's not about the form. It's about how you feel comfortable and if it goes in. You know, there's a lot of guys with different uh, ways to shoot out there. And if you if you make the shot and you don't get it blocked, hey, more power to shoot however you want. Yeah, when it goes in, it goes in. That's right. And that's the name of the game. But, you know, I guess you know what I'm saying. I think probably when a lot of us were younger, when we weren't probably strong enough to shoot properly. Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of kids shoot. And I'm trying to do this as we're doing this on a radio. It's right, not right, quite right. Fair, but you know what I'm saying? Shoot Both elbows with two out. hands, elbows yeah. out. And then – and otherwise, you're kind of heaving from the side. Right. 
Right, and but when, clearly you're strong enough to shoot the right or however you want. Right. So, so when I was when I was younger, I definitely um, you know I used my legs a lot, and I shot from farther ranges when I was young. So when I was about six, seven years old, I was making three pointers, and uh, that was because I was using my legs. But I was also shooting a little bit from the side, but I was shooting below my head. Now everybody, when you get older, you transition. When I was about fourteen or fifteen, transition to over my head where I shot it, but I kept that same motion on the side, so where I was heaving it. So I was usually using my one hand on the side when I was younger is the same thing as when I was um, doing it today. It's just a little bit higher up. Yeah, I'm trying to help folks picture this. Clearly, with you, it's 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 now pretty much off of your right ear. Wouldn't yeah. is that fair? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, is that is that maybe why you're better shooting off the dribble? You seem to be more comfortable shooting, pulling up, and I do. I've worked on that a lot since I've, um, you know, all every single day for you know my life. I, I've worked on pull-up jumpers, and and uh, you know it's something I just have in my routine. I work on it every single day, so I feel comfortable doing that. Um, you know, I've also worked on the catch and shooting. Um, you know, I feel like I'm pretty comfortable doing that now too. Um, you know, just trying to score the basketball in, in any any way that you can. Um, you know, I just had to learn being able to be a point guard how to score in multiple different uh ways so you know i kind of learned that all the way through growing up and just work on a lot of different um, offensive arsenal skills speaking of shooters pretty cool news for me well not for me but for a guy that i know <laughs> uh in Peja stoyakovich who i had a chance to work with when he was with us uh for his for that time of his career the uh, sacramento kings are going to retire his yeah. number in december i that's got to be pretty cool not only because you know what the Sacramento situation's all about as far as their fan base and their history and everything else, but for a fellow shooter like Paige Stoyakovich, yeah. did you did you watch him growing up? And it, and if not him, who would you say that you really looked up to as a shooter? I definitely watched him growing up. Uh, I mean, I just watched basketball in general. Um, you know, so obviously those Kings teams were really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, you know, I was rooting for them to, to do well. I li- always liked those teams. Um, and he had an unbelievable shot, and he had a really high arc. That was something <laughs> that was, you know, it almost touched the ceiling sometimes when he shot it, and it would just, you know, go in perfectly. Um, you know, so I watched them. I used to watch the Knicks cause growing from upstate New York. I used to watch uh, the John Starks and Allen Houston, Larry Johnson's teams. So I used to love Allen Houston. I really was a, a big fan of him, and I always loved to watch Steve Nash, obviously, the guy that could, you know, do anything with the ball and was, had perfect form. If you want to talk about form, that guy has perfect form and, you know, just would make every shot. So, you know, I loved watching those guys. What's left? What do you want to do over the next two weeks before we are doing this every day, as you know, in yeah. in, in season? Yeah, uh, get the best shape I can possibly be in. I know that coach is big into that. You know, he wants us in great and proper shape going into the camp, making sure that we're ready to go and, uh, you know, feeling good, being able to play both ends of the floor, defensively and offensively. And in order to do that as hard as you can, you got to be in great shape. So I'm working on that as much as I can. And uh, I know that the legs and all that stuff will in the shot and, you know, Know, the dribbling all that stuff will fall into place once you continue to to work throughout this you know preseason month but uh you know trying to get in the best shape is the the most important thing right now how's your wife dealing with september new orleans uh you know she's not here yet uh, she'll yet. be yeah she'll be here at the end of september um she said i'll be out here when the real thing starts and uh she's excited to come out here she's heard great things from people that have lived down here she decided to to see the people and uh, eat the food you know she's very excited about that so so that's given you a little bit of a head start on on 
where you might want to live with her and eat yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, no, we got our place uh, actually, uh, so that's perfect. We got that all settled. Um, but uh, I'm trying to scout out everything. I'm trying to scout out where the grocery stores are, where you know all the different things are that you know we need. We have a dog, so I got to find the pet store and the vet and all that stuff, and make sure that you know she's all set. So when she gets in here, we're ready to we're ready to roll. This is a lot of pressure on a young husband here. It is. It's a lot of pressure, but I'm up to it. I think I'm up to it. Is there somebody <laughs> on this team that has been here before that is guiding you a little bit um yeah i've talked to a lot of guys ryan anderson's helped me yeah, out a lot i mean ryan's like the mayor of the town he's unbelievable he knows everybody and and uh you know he's been a great guy to talk with and he knows all the food places he knows you know anything i have like car washes or anything like that he knows exactly where to go so all right good stuff i'm glad you stopped by gave us an update on things yeah no it's been great thank yeah, you for no, having me close. by the way don't forget individual game ticket sales are underway at pelicans.com I know the Jimmer's probably circled a few on the calendar that he's looking forward to, <laughs> maybe even a preseason trip or two um, before we get started. So check all that out. All right, when we come back, Victor Howell joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. We're going to pick his brain about LSU, Mississippi State. We haven't talked a whole lot of college football, so we'll do that here in just a moment when we come back. At the Auctioneer Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, we haven't talked like college football hardly at all here on the Black and Blue Report. We're a little late on that this year. Well, we've been so busy, really, with uh, FIBA World Cup and uh, obviously the New Orleans Saints and the start of their season. So let's get to it as LSU uh, finally opens SEC play this weekend out at uh, Death Valley as they host Mississippi State. Uh, the state has not won there, gosh, in over 25 years, or maybe it is right about 25 years. But to help us with all that is Victor Howell. He's a part of the CST um, LSU Game Day Live broadcast, something new to them and something very cool for LSU fans this year. Hey, Vic, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Is it Has it been 25 years since Mississippi State has won at Death Valley? Is that correct? Well, LSU LSU's won 21 of 22. I know the only loss LSU has had, since 1992, was in Starkville. That was in 99 when LSU lost to him. So, yeah, I think you got to go back to the 90 or 91 season to find the last time uh, that Mississippi State actually won in Baton Rouge. In fact, it was uh, 1991. They beat them 28-19. And since then, the only other Mississippi State victory in that entire stretch was a one-point win in Starkville back in 99. Tell me about the new show before I really dive into the topic here. What, what's going on? This is new for you guys, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's been a it's been a lot of fun kicking this off this year. It has been new because uh, Cox Sports Television CST has had LSU replays uh, really for the last well twelve years with LSU football every Sunday night and Wednesday night. Uh, but of course, most college football fans know that uh, a new network has come around, the SEC network. And uh, because of that, and because of them being involved in taking over replays, it was uh, it allowed us the opportunity to revamp. And instead of doing uh, post-game replays, now we can do pre-game previews. And it really came down to being able to tie in with the right people to pull this off. This is something we've wanted to do for a little while, uh, and, and, and we really had the opportunity to do it now when uh, some personnel came about. And what I mean by that is Jacob Hester, former running back for LSU, uh, who actually worked out with the Saints, uh, I want to say back in April, I guess, in one of their camps uh, as one of those invites. Uh, he played his years at San Diego and with uh, the Denver Broncos. Uh, he has retired from football, and he is with us. And Kevin Mawai, who just last night was named on the initial list for the class of 2015 NFL Hall of Fame, a 16-year NFL veteran, eight-time Pro Bowler, and, of course, was uh, outstanding at his LSU days back in the early 90s. Uh, he is with us as well. Gordy Rush, who played for LSU in the late 80s, uh, and Emily Dixon, who actually works at LSU and does our features. She talks to Les Miles. That's our team, and I'm at the studio. I'm basically the traffic cop and kind of get you caught up on the rest of the SEC and, and intros into some of our features. Uh, but those guys do what they do best, and they talk football. And for 60 minutes, they'll break down game film, talk about LSU's offense and defense, talk about LSU's opponent. We hear from the opposing coaches, hear from players. We talk to Les Miles every week. Um, the last couple of weeks, we've taken you on a tour inside the new LSU Stadium with the South Stadium expansion, inside LSU's new, re- newly renovated 8,000-square-foot locker room. Uh, so it's a lot of behind-the-scenes things for all things LSU that Tiger fans would love to see. And most importantly, we get you ready for game day. So uh, this weekend we'll be focusing on the Bulldogs, SEC opener, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun getting to do it and, and some great feedback from, uh, from the viewers. So it's been fun. Very, very cool. Uh, let's get back to LSU and Mississippi State. Uh, have sure. These, have these two teams, can you remember them facing each other when the both were undefeated? Uh, no, because uh, the, last time that, <laughs> the last time that happened, at least three games into the season, that was 1919. So I would go with a big fat no on that one. <laughs> have not seen that. An emphatic uh, it's been a while. big fat no, yes. Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's, it's, it's been a while. And, and it's been a while since it's been competitive. Even last year, you know, Mississippi State – you know, as I mentioned, they only have one win over the last 22. And, and even last year, they played them somewhat close for two and a half quarters, and LSU winds up winning by 30. So, uh, in fact, you know, this is Les Miles' 10th season at LSU. He is averaging beating Mississippi State by more than 23 points a game in his first nine times. Well, that's not very sporting, now, is it? No, no. no. But, you know, you, you make a statement. Speaking of sporting, I don't want to make a dig at LSU, but I guess I am in some ways. Um, I'm having a hard time reading what LSU truly has based on the competition, other than other than the Wisconsin game at a neutral site, I mean, really, what what are we to read into LSU as they head into SEC play? Uh, would you like to make this phone call Saturday night at about 11 and we could review that question? Because yeah. I think that's a very fair question. It's actually a fair question for both. Uh, I think what we know about both of these teams is that both of these teams have legitimate defenses. Mississippi State's defense uh, is outstanding because they have so much experience coming back. LSU's defense has been outstanding just because of the experience they do have and the young guys who have stepped up and having immediate impacts. But, but you're right. We really don't know what LSU has. I mean, they've gone nine quarters without allowing a point, so more than 147 minutes of football time, and that starts back to the third quarter against Wisconsin. Uh, now, granted, Sam Houston State came to Baton Rouge, and they were number one in their level in terms of the FCS, in terms of total offense, and they had a quarterback that had thrown for over 700 yards, and LSU shut them down. But 
again, that, you know, Sam Houston State, it's a different level. And then last year, last week, the same thing with, with UL Monroe. With all due respect to the Warhawks, they were just, you know, outmanned. They didn't even get 100 yards of offense. Five total first downs, 90-something yards of total offense. So we don't know. We, we haven't seen them. And, and that'll be a good challenge, Sean, this weekend because Dak Prescott comes in as, a, as an SEC-experienced quarterback uh, who has been – and he ran for over 100 yards last year against LSU – uh, with a front line that's going to average over 300 pounds a man, uh, which LSU hasn't faced, and and a defense that is legitimate. I mean, they are a legitimate SEC top quality. You know, they're number two in the SEC in rushing defense. They're number two nationally, and they've got a lot there. And LSU hasn't seen that. So we we're going to get our first real read this week for LSU, and it's going to be our only true read before they go on the road to face Auburn and Florida, because then New Mexico State comes, and that'll be another easy win. So. Take a good look this week. We're going to get a good idea of what they can do in the SEC. Prescott's a Louisiana kid, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yes, um, and remember, he he got his experience when they had another quarterback that went down with an injury, and then he got hurt, and then he had a death in the family with the loss of his mother, and he kind of lost some time. But but he's picked things up, and he's played played very very well for them, and he and he's one of those dual threat guys. As I yeah. mentioned, he ran for. You know, he ran for over 100 yards. I want to say it was 107 last year against LSU. He has just under 1,200 career rushing yards. He's thrown for 19 touchdowns. So he can throw the ball. He can run the ball. He's one of those threats. But just like you're asking about you know, LSU, Mississippi State has not faced a defense like LSU. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does uh, in a hostile environment at night against a legitimate SEC defense, just like we'll see what LSU's offense can do. Maybe it's Leonard Fournette. Maybe it's soon. Maybe it's later. But really, Victor, at this point, who do you think are going to be or who is the star of this LSU team? I mean, who's going to be the bell cow out of all this thing? Not just this week, but I think I don't know if he'll actually break through this year to be it because, you know, he's been kind of off and on with with the games he's played so far. And the one time, as you mentioned, that early on they have played a legitimate team against Wisconsin, he didn't do anything. I think Kenny Hilliard. Uh, is a guy you need to watch because he has the experience. You know, he has he has played in these games. He has played throughout the SEC. He has scored in, in, in big uh, big opportunities. Uh, he might be the guy that you have to wind up um, handing the ball to and letting him shoulder the load if and when Anthony Jennings faces his first real challenge. Because, again, it goes back to your question. Anthony Jennings has four starts. He played that one SEC series against Arkansas when he came in without even having time to think with what happened and had a, an unbelievable pass to Trayvon Doral to win. And since then, he's just done enough to manage the offense. Uh, but he's about to face his first real challenge. I think Kenny Hilliard is your go-to guy. Trayvon Doral, as a sophomore, has stepped up unbelievably. I mean, this is, Sean, when you look at his, he has uh, 19 catches on the season. 16 of Doral's 19 catches have either gone for a first down or for a touchdown. And his touchdowns have all been top 10 highlight-type plays, 94 yards, 80 yards, the one-handed catch that he had. I mean, they've been outstanding. The downside to that is if you're an SEC opponent, you have to figure, if I can figure that out, SEC opponents are figuring that out, and they know that Jennings' go-to guy is Doral. So you need that other guy to step up as a big-time receiver. Is it Trey, is it Trey Quinn? You know, I don't know. We're looking for that. But LSU fans had the luxury last year of having Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, and defenses had to pick their poison. They don't have that right now. Right now, it's Doral has, has the one solid relationship uh, with his quarterback. And if SEC defenses try to take that out, we'll see if Jennings can find somebody else or do you hand it off to somebody like Hilliard and make the defense respect you. We're going to find out. Victor Howell with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, Vic, I'll give you your choice here. 
Um, the choice of the two questions is this. Uh, question number one would be, who wins and why? And if you'd okay. like to defer on that, then you may go to uh, choice uh, two, which would be, <laughs> what, what will be the X factor between LSU and Mississippi State this weekend? <laughs> well, you know, I tell you what, I, they, they kind of tie in. Let's, let's, kind of, let's kind of blend both of them. I think when it comes down to it, I think you will have LSU getting the win for this reason. Mississippi State's defense overall in terms of experience might be a little better than LSU. LSU probably has more raw talent. Uh, but if both defenses are going to negate one another in terms of, when I say that, meaning they're going to both take out the other offenses to a point, then you have to look at each offense and says which, which offense has the better playmaking ability and talent, and I think that falls to LSU. Even though Dak Prescott has more experience at quarterback, I don't trust Mississippi State's running game as much as I do LSU's running game with McGee, with Kenny Hilliard, with Fournette if he can break through. And I think LSU's offense can get enough done and be supported by its outstanding defense as opposed to what Mississippi State might try to do and then have to lean on its offense uh, to score some points. So I think that's the X factor is which one is going to be able to break through enough because I think both defenses are going to be, be able to hold their own. But give LSU the advantage being at home, give LSU the advantage, I think, for having more of the speed and the dynamic talent. And in the end, I think they have enough to be able to get the win. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun Saturday. I can't wait to see. I think it will be. Yeah, I want to see more about LSU. And I want to see, I want to see if Tulane takes another step when they go to Duke. That's going to be a tough one there, too. So. I'll keep my eye yeah, on both of yeah, those teams. Yeah, you know, it's been a great. It's been a great story seeing them at home, seeing that crowd, and and I, you know, you look at the numbers and at Yulman Stadium, and you see what they've done. But it was so nice to see twenty three thousand there against Southeastern. It was nice to see thirty thousand in that tough loss to Georgia Tech. But it's just great to see that that environment and that excitement for Tulane down there because you go to the Superdome and you put in fifteen twenty thousand if they're even lucky to get that, and it just looked empty. Because, you know, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome is so cavernous. Yeah. Now they're in their own field, their own stadium on campus. The excitement is there. And I'm, I'm happy for Coach Johnson, and I'm happy for that program uh, that they can try to keep moving forward like that and, and try to go on. It's going to be a tough, tough one for sure on the road, but uh, I'm excited for what they're building there. Yeah, we'll call it Find Out Saturday. We'll find out a lot more about both of those teams. I think that's yes, for sure. Yes, we will, sure. absolutely. Hey, you want to break some news this morning? Uh where, which, where we're going with that. Well, sure. yeah, I think that anything that's breaking news that does not involve Adrian Peterson, Ray Rice, <laughs> Mr. Hardy, and the else is good. I was going to say, maybe yeah. it's the black, the black and gold report. I'm thinking, all right, well, we've got, uh, we, we certainly have some black and gold news here uh, for a purple team that's coming into town with everything that's going on there. You know what? Let's just, I, know that's, I know that's not where you're going, but let's just say this. I'm so glad, at least, they have, they have mishandled this thing so badly from the start, but I'm so glad that circus isn't going to come to town. Yes. You know, it's the Saints' home opener. The Saints desperately need a win. They've got to turn this train around early and get it done. You know Saints fans are ready for this team to come home. It's nice that we'll be able to focus on that because he's not going to be here. The Vikings have to come down. Now it's on them to focus on the field, and the Saints can just worry about beating them up on the field and not worry about all of this national media attention that would be just storming New Orleans for all the wrong reasons in terms of where the Saints, you know, from the Saints' perspective. So it's nice to know that at least that's not all going to be following this game this weekend. I, I agree. I agree. And so with that, our breaking news uh, will go on the blue side of the black and blue report, blue being sure. Pelicans. And, sure. uh, and we'll say that we're welcoming back Victor Howell to the Pelicans broadcast family. He'll be serving as a radio analyst this year along with uh, John DeShazer as we uh, go throughout the entire schedule. So welcome back, Victor. We can't wait to have you on the broadcast. Thank you. Definitely, definitely looking forward to it. It'll yes. be uh, it'll be fun to see this team. What a great run that uh, that Monty and uh, and AD had overseas with the uh, with the U.S. team. Certainly got some more experience and 
all the, all the credit keeps coming to Davis, racking up all the impressions he's been making and, and just getting more playing time like that against that type of talent and competition. And, and I'm looking forward to uh, being with you and, and being down there and seeing what this team can do this year. Yeah, I can't wait. So when it's Victor Howell and myself, uh, that'll be one thing. And then uh, otherwise it'll be John DeShazer and myself, as you've come to know over the last couple of years. So I think we've got it plenty covered, of course, and Daniel Salerson with us on our coverage too. So if you can believe it, uh, the preseason starts two weeks from Saturday. Yeah, first sneaking preseason up, huh? Game. Yes. Camp, right. about camp. It's, it's kind of been flying. There's so much other news going around. It's been kind of been flying under the radar for those who have been paying attention. Looking yes. forward to it. Let's get them going. I agree. I agree. Hey, have fun this weekend over at LSU as you're in the studio, and uh, we'll hopefully uh, see wins for the Tigers and the, and the Greenies this weekend as we get into the college football. Yeah, we'll look forward to it. Sean, I appreciate it. Just to remind everybody, it's 11 o'clock Central will be on, and uh, Kevin and Jacob and the guys will be out at, the, at Tiger One out on LSU's campus, and I'll be down at the studio. And uh, if you have a chance before you go uh, tailgate and get ready for the game, give us a tune in and listen to what the guys have to say. And uh, good talking to you here. I look forward to seeing you soon. First of many visits. Appreciate it. Victor Hall with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Back in a moment. Gatorade knows every victory starts from within. It's the determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. That's how greatness comes from within. Win from within. Fans cheer on your Pelicans as they play their final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks at the CenturyLink Center in Bossier City on Thursday, October 23rd. Prices start at just $9 from www.ticketmaster.com. While in town, enjoy the opening weekend of the State Fair of Louisiana, our numerous casinos, including the world-famous Horseshoe Casino, and Hotel. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at shreveport bossierorg or call 888-45-VISIT. Game on with NFL Ticket Exchange, the only official ticket exchange of the NFL where 100% of tickets are verified by Ticketmaster. Buy and sell the NFL-approved way. Visit NFLTicketExchange.com. Together, we make football. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. It's time now for our Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. And joining me on the phone, as he does every Wednesday, is Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. Jake, I hope all is well with you and your 20 fantasy football teams. So far, so good. I'm at least 500 or better. Well, I mean, there's not many that weeks in the season so far. But I don't have an 0-2 record anywhere so far, so that's good. Two of my three teams are 0-2, so I might need some help. Uh, I'm going to ask you for some advice this week as well. Uh, we'll do it on the side. That's always okay. Sounds good. Uh, let's start with the Saints. Um, these are just media reports. The Saints have not come officially out with this, but Mark Ingram appears to be out with a hand injury. Again, no word yet. We'll find out later today. But if that's the case, Jake, what are some running back fantasy options as far as the Saints are concerned? I really think you're looking at the two. You're looking at Pierre Thomas and Curie Robinson. It really is. Pierre Thomas's role I don't think will expand as a lot of people are speculating as much. A lot of people out there are thinking you might see 40 to 50% more snaps for him or more touches, I should even say. And I don't really think that's the case. I do think his role will increase maybe 10 to 20% more. But as we've seen this season is the Saints started moving him into more filling the Darren Sproles role and still getting a few carries here and there. It's pretty much almost a 50-50 split between touches and receptions. And so I, I think that increases a little bit, and you can like his value in, as of this week going against Minnesota, have him in that RB2 range again in standard leagues, because before you and I were talking about in weeks prior that in the PPR league he was a locked-in RB2, but more of a flex play in standard. I think he's now an RB2 in both. But I think Robinson's value is the where 
you really find the, the huge jump because as we saw last year in the brief time is the Saints are ready to rely on him as that heavy, heavy carry guy, as the one who's going to take the first and second downs or even the short third down plays. He's going to be the one that steps in for Ingram. So I really think that Kerry Robinson, he needs to be owned in all leagues. Uh, he's borderline RB2, at least a flex play in all leagues this week. Uh, just because he's filling in for Ingram, as we saw so far, Ingram looked amazing this year, and it's really, it's really a shame for him because it looked like he was having that breakout year. But I think Robinson could step in and put in similar numbers, and then somebody, obviously, Traveris Cadet is somebody that in your deeper leagues, you're really hurting at running back. You're looking for somebody who might hit down the line. He's somebody to stash at this point because it's all these pickups like here Robinson. If you're looking for somebody to stash and not have to spend your waiver wire priority or a big auction budget on somebody. You could have already had him on your team. Now it's cadets turn because if Ingram's out for even longer, possibly, or if Thomas or, or Robinson goes down, he'll be the one to step up. And he has plenty of talent because he's very explosive for how big he is. And so if he ever got the opportunity, I would expect him to step in somewhere to Robinson and continue to provide those numbers that the guys in the backfield have. On the flip side, the Saints opponent, the Minnesota Vikings, will be without Adrian Peterson this weekend and the foreseeable future. So it looks like Matt Asiata is up to the plate. Jake, is that the only option for him, or should uh, fantasy owners maybe think about Jarrett McKinnon as well? I think McKinnon has to be owned in somebody that's on everybody's radar because Asiata is decent, but as we saw last week, he, he doesn't put up the huge yards per touches. He really needs a touchdown to sustain high-end value in fantasy leagues. I kind of compare him similar to Toby Gerhardt when he was there filling in for Adrian Peterson. Is, you know, If we're talking he's getting 25 touches a game, you're going to see decent fantasy production. But if he ever has a week where they go pass heavy or they're behind or they're struggling in the run game, he's not going to help you a ton fantasy-wise. And that's why I like McKinnon because he's more explosive. Uh, he's got a, a better around skill set when it comes to a complete running back not that Asiata can't carry those heavy carries like we we're talking about, but at the same time, if McKinnon gets his opportunity or Asiata continues to put up decent but not great numbers, uh, McKinnon could overtake him for if, if Adrian Peterson is out for multiple weeks, like if we're talking about a six game suspension, that's a speculation out there or even longer. I think the longer he's out, the more likely it is McKinnon surpasses Asiata just because. He has that bigger playability and will make that offense more dynamic. So he's one that I would definitely stash for your fantasy team. Let's go to injuries now. Jamal Charles left the game last week with an ankle sprain. A.J. Green left the game. Doug Martin did not play. Out of those three guys, who's the most likely to play this week, and how do you handle them as far as you know? Doug Martin's questionable, may play. It's a short week. How do you handle guys and their backups when, you come to the, when it comes to these three guys? <laughs> it's a dicey situation. Unfortunately, hopefully – you can avoid the situations as much as possible. Doug Martin looks like the most likely to play. He's already practicing or limited, but it looks like he'll suit up. The only problem I have with that is if Doug Martin is near 100% and they say he's ready to go, we're going to start him, which is very unlikely because a lot of teams NFL-wise, they just don't want to release that kind of information because they want to keep the other team in the dark, so they have to prepare for both situations. And obviously that just changes the matchups. But if Martin's looking really good in practice today and early reports tomorrow sound good, I would roll him out there because Atlanta's extremely successful to run. They've been very weak so far in the first two games. So I like him as that. And if he's out, I absolutely love Rainey. But if it comes out and the reports are Martin is still questionable, 
and he's going to be looking at he might be splitting carries with Rainey, but we're not sure who's going to get the lead work. I really want to avoid both because it's a short week and because we don't know who's going to be getting the majority of carries, and that can really hurt you. But for A.J. Green and Jamal Charles, sounds like we're probably going to have to wait for both of them after the bye week. Green I'm okay with. Uh, everybody should be fine, just fine and replace in the meantime. Jamal Charles, though, if I own him and I can get RB1 value in a trade, I'm absolutely trading him. And it's because it's a high ankle sprain. And I honestly think that as of today, as much as it hurts to say because I love his talent, he's easily one of the best running backs in the league, I don't think we see the real Jamal Charles for the rest of the season because he's going to be out for a few weeks, and you know Charles is an extreme gamer. He's going to want to get back. Niall Davis is going to look good in this time filling in for him. So he's want, he's going to want to get back on that field. And I think he might come back possibly too early, as we've seen from running backs with high ankle sprains, and then he either re-injures himself or he's only 80% of himself. So if I can get that RB1 value, I would now, just because I don't think we're going to see the real Jamal Charles for the rest of the season. All right, give me two or three guys that fantasy owners should be worried about as far as uh, guys struggling or injuries, kind of like a Jamal Charles situation. Uh, outside of injuries, at quarterback, I'm starting to have concerns about Tom Brady. Uh, you look at him, and obviously when Gronkowski is on the field, his numbers have been exceptional. And granted, Gronk has not been out there for the high number of snaps that you'd like to see or would even normally be for Gronkowski. But if you look at Brady, it's more so his downfield passing. He hasn't thrown downfield with accuracy. He's missing a ton of his targets, whether that's on the receivers or whether that's on him or whether he's just you know, getting up there in age and maybe it's something with his arm. I don't know. That's all speculation. But if you're watching the games, there's there's something to miss there. There's something that's not clicking with Brady in that offense. And I have more concerns because I thought he could easily bounce back to being the Brady we've always seen, especially with a healthy Gronkowski. But so far it doesn't look like that. So if you happen to pair him with a Jay Cutler, I'd be happy to have Cutler and maybe see – if somebody's willing to bite on Brady and buy low, thinking he has higher upside days, or if I only own Brady, I'd be looking to pick up a Kirk Cousins just to you know, handcuff myself in case that Brady does continue to struggle like he did last year even and not become a QB1 again. Uh, and then the other player that I'm kind of concerned about is at the running back is with Zach Stacy. He's got a great matchup this week against Dallas, so I would consider after this game being a very good case to sell high on him because he should put up really good numbers. But so far... The yards per carry, again, are under four yards per carry like they were late last season, 3.6 to end the year. Uh, for the entire season, he was under four. He's a very volume guy, and I don't have a problem with volume runners. The problem I have is the Rams' offense, as we've seen so far, obviously with Bradford being hurt, is they're going to be playing from behind a lot, and that leads to a lot more passing, and I just don't know that Zach Stacey's going to see 20 to 25 touches every single week because they're going to be in a tough situation, and I think that hurts his overall value, especially at the yards per carry yard there. So he's somebody else. After this week against Dallas, I would definitely look to sell high on him. All right, for guys needing some waiver wire advice, who should uh, fantasy owners consider picking up uh, before Thursday's games? Well, obviously, as I already mentioned, Niall Davis is the huge name. Uh, he's somebody that should take a ton of your budget because as long as Jamal Charles is out, he's going to be putting up running back one numbers. He's great. Uh, Kyrie Robinson already mentioned you definitely need to own him in all leagues. Some guys that we didn't talk about, Donald Brown, as long as he's filling in for Ryan Matthews, I think he supplants that role 
and he's going to be just as much as Ryan Matthews was. I don't think Danny Woodhead's role changes too much. Maybe a few more touches, similar to what we were talking about with Pierre Thomas, but I think it's almost the very, almost exact same situation as we see in New Orleans, is you're going to have a running back replace the one that got hurt. Uh, a little bit further down the list, if Ahmad Bradshaw is still sitting out there and you weren't paying attention to the fact that he outplayed Trent Richardson this past week and pretty much has for the entire season, uh, they could be making a change at some point because as long as Bradshaw has been on the field his entire career when healthy, he's been an RB too. So all those running backs and that wide receiver, I know we just talked about the Patriots, but if things do start clicking with Aaron Dobson coming back and being close to 100%, he only had one catch last week, but this was the guy that was supposed to step up and be the big play guy, uh, somebody that Tom Brady can rely on next to Edelman. Uh, I think there's potential for him there, especially if Brady does get on track. So he's somebody I'm looking to stash and uh, possibly start in a few weeks if you need wide receiver help. Good stuff. That's Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com as part of our Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. Jake, thanks for the time as always. Anytime, and we'll talk soon offline to help you with your team. I appreciate it. I really need the help. <laughs> when we come back, Sean Kelly will wrap things up on this Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion. It's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans head coach Monty Williams, Anthony Davis, and your Pelicans have been working throughout the offseason to take this team to the next level. Individual game tickets for the 2014-15 season are on sale now. Make sure to score your tickets early to check out the biggest matchups and see the biggest stars of the NBA. The best seats for premier games are going to go fast. Visit pelicans.com and take flight with your Pelicans today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Today's one of those days in the Black and Blue Report that I thoroughly enjoy. Good to have John DeShazer in studio be with us. Certainly enjoyed our visits with uh, Jimmer Fredette and Victor Howell, too. And all you fantasy folks, so hopefully you've got yourself squared away. Thanks to Daniel and Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. Don't forget, there is also Jen Hale's fantasy football show on NewOrleansSaints.com. That's out today. And also the Social Zone hosted by uh, Jennifer Hale, also on NewOrleansSaints.com today. Hey, we went probably a little bit long, so real quick, I want to lay out tomorrow and Friday for you. Uh, here, as they say on the network television side, uh, scheduled to appear. I love when they do that for a big award show. Uh, they, they say scheduled to appear, and probably the show's already been taped. They full well know who was there. Anyway, we're, we're going to use the scheduled to appear with regard to Thursday and Friday because we have a great guest list. And we want to make sure that everybody lines up. But here's how it stands right now. Tomorrow is going to be a fantastic show. As usual, on Thursday, we'll do our visit with the voices. Uh, Jim Henderson, the voice of the Saints, will be stopping by. Paul Allen, voice of the Minnesota Vikings, is scheduled to appear tomorrow. So we'll be heavy, heavy on that matchup with those two guys tomorrow. And then, as we promised earlier in the show, Anthony Davis will be in Studio B for the Thursday Black and Blue Report. On Friday's show, we'll take you inside the Saints locker room. We'll visit with one of the players that should be key to the uh, matchup with the Vikings on uh, Sunday. 
And then also on Friday, we'll get you ready for tailgating as we'll welcome back Chef Brian Landry from uh, the Besh family of restaurants. He will stop by. I can't wait to go back to his place over there at the Hyatt. Anyway, he'll be by on Friday to give us a bit of a tailgating help. And then Rondé Barber, uh, former NFL uh, star and now analyst for the Fox NFL on Fox coverage. He is involved in Sa- Sunday's Saints-Vikings broadcast with Chris Myers and Jennifer Hale. He'll be a guest on Friday as well. So you want to make sure that you've got us uh, either on your subscription through iTunes or you're checking in with us either through the uh, Pelicans or Saints desktop websites or the two-team mobile apps. It'll be a real good end of the week here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly. That'll do it for us in Studio B here on this Wednesday. Don't forget there's always more coverage for you on pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. For Daniel Salerson and all of us involved in the broadcast, so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.